if you don't tell the world who you are, the world is going to tell everybody who you are. So you got two brands today. Everybody listening to this has two brands. One is the company that they're building. The other one is themselves. Khamra Tika, Choppe Choppe was all everyone's car, especially the young ones hyping it up in the car, being proud about it. And Barwar, the way that George Khoshaba had produced Barwar. Till today, I have girls since they were 14 listening to it till today. The night before, I had actually seen him and almost had a shot, but I didn't take it because he was kind of behind a bush and then I lost my opportunity. So that <laughs> night when I saw him again, he was behind a bush, but I was like, I'm just going to take the shot anyway. So I shot and the arrow shot through the bush and stuck him like deflected and mm-hmm. stuck him in the leg mm-hmm. and pinned him to the ground. But I, I didn't really have any time to think, but all I had was my axe there. I ran and grabbed my axe and ran over there and he was like growling and flipping around on the arrow and like snarling at me. And I, because at that time you sort of learned about the culture. It's very important. I feel to Assyrian people to keep their culture together because they don't have a country. You don't want to lose any of that vibrancy, you know? It's so cool to me, actually. I think it's the coolest thing to to see, like, Albanians and Latinas and Greeks and Italians. There's so many and more on TikTok, these comments that I see of, like, oh, my God, this is, this is my grandma. And, like, they're completely different cultures. Like, we do the same thing. All right, welcome to the fifth year of the Assyrian Podcast. Steve, how are you feeling? I'm feeling wonderful, excited, thankful, love being a part of the Assyrian Podcast. Same, same. It's hard to believe that it's been five years. We had a pandemic for two years with that. Like, I don't even know where the time went, but it's been a joyful ride. And I'm excited to talk about it and reflect what what the five years, last five years have been like. Yeah, I'm super excited too. And we've done such good things and I'm excited to keep doing good things. Well, for our listeners, an overview of what you can expect for this episode is a little bit of a timeline, like where has the Assyrian podcast gone from 2018 to now 2023? Things that we've learned along the way, the challenges that we've had, memorable interviews that we've had, what are the things that listeners don't see? And of course, our goals, like what our goals are for this year and for the years to come. So why don't we get started, Steve? So before we dive in, quick refresher of who we've been. So 2018, we like burst into the scene with our first episodes. That was so much fun. And then 2019, we were kind of wrestling with, you know, what's going to happen with this thing? Are we going to really be able to like keep doing it? And then 2020 happened. And that was the first time we did remote interviews. And then 2021, we kept doing well and doing new episodes. And then 2022 last year, we started doing more themed episodes and we try to do things in a more topic-based way. So every year we're evolving, we're changing, we're learning more about who we are and who we're going to be in the world. Yeah. And I feel like Back in 2018, when all of this was starting out, like things were just happening at a very fast pace. We were producing episodes on a weekly basis. At first, it was you and I. So we had to go and find people 
and see if they were even interested and and figure out logistics of when we were going to meet with them, when we were going to record, when we were going to interview and edit. It was an entire process and it was very kind of survival mode, but it was really interesting because this was the first time, obviously this was starting out and we were both really curious people and wanted to seek out Assyrians that we were interested in and, and learn more about them. So it was fun, but it was a lot of work. So are you, are you trying to say we're not curious anymore? <laughs> no, of course we're curious. Our entire what, team is curious. Like, what are you getting at? You're like, oh, we used to be at a fast pace. Are, are you saying we're not fast paced anymore? Well, things have changed. Thankfully, we've done mm -hmm. this now that we're in 2023. I think that we've figured out a pace that works really well for the entire team where, you know, we can do this, we can enjoy it. You know, this isn't our main focus right after thinking about our jobs or whatever it is. Like it's not top of mind every day of I need to go out, figure out who I'm interviewing, get it done, get the editing done. Now we can really concentrate on quality and really starting to think about who we want to bring on and what angles do we want to discuss and, and talk about in the podcast? And how could this episode be beneficial to our listeners? So I feel like we've come a long way. Yeah. And even back then, you were newly married. You were sort of in a new place. I was sort of bored at my job. And I was like, wanting to do some more creative work. So we both were at the right time to do this thing. And it was cool because just doing lots of different interviews with lots of different people and like who can we interview next and then there was there was like a adrenaline rush from doing all the different interviews and then getting new hosts who wanted to come on board and realizing that this was not just a me thing or a you thing or even our hosts thing it was a lot of people were wanting what we were creating and it was fun to to be in that mindset but even back then never wanted this to become a burden and always wanted it to be something that could be fun, sustainable. It wasn't going to completely drain us. I think that's really important because if we hadn't have done that, if we hadn't approached this from a place of fun and a place of joy and not even a place of like, we have to do this, but we want to do this. That that's one of my favorite parts about being even a part of the Assyrian podcast over the last five years is I'm at a place now where I still desire to do it. Like I want to do it and I, I'm thankful to be a part and I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited about who I get to possibly interview, who the hosts are going to interview, how the listeners are going to respond to an interview. So yeah, it's got a lot of freshness in it. Yeah. And the podcast has a really unique fit within our Assyrian community at large. And when we were starting this in 2018, like podcasts were still relatively an, a new thing. As as far as I recall, there, there weren't other Assyrian podcasts at that time. There are some now, but I think that's what happens as as the popularity of this platform or media type continues to expand and grow. But it was it was a really um I remember 2018 was a really exciting time of trying to dip our feet into the podcast world and I'm glad we did it when we did it. I think like one story we could share with people that like, I think back on it and I'm like really what were we thinking or what was going on but I think I helped you replace a hard drive on your computer. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so it was like, I mean, I don't know. That that just tells you a lot about the Assyrian podcast that 
remotely i was like you know unscrew the back of your laptop put in this new hard drive i remember this it's because the fan of my laptop kept on going when i would be interviewing people and so you're like hey i think your your laptop's just going into overdrive we figured out we tried to do different things to troubleshoot it wasn't working you're like okay i think we just need to switch this thing out yeah, we were like, let's get a long cable so that you can put your laptop away from your microphone because when that fan comes on. But it's just to me, that just shows like what a cool time in our lives to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to replace my hard drive in my computer because I feel like these days I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go buy a new computer. <laughs> you know, the thing that I really enjoyed about the podcast, too, is that for one, when you were starting it and and then I ended up joining shortly after. You know, we've talked about this before, but there would there wasn't going to be an oppor- another opportunity that you and I would have collaborated in this way. Like, yes, we're both Assyrian, but you know, we both had our different things going on. And so, I, what I think is really cool about the podcast, how we've set it up, how the team is set up as a whole, is that we each have really unique talents that we bring forth to the podcast. That those talents might show in in other ways whether it be other responsibilities or commitments that we have or it might not so for like myself i know when i was joining the podcast i know i really loved asking people questions i know that i could keep conversations going but i also knew that i wasn't a video person like i wouldn't want to ideally interview people with the camera on screen because to me it was it was so many more added layers of things to focus on like i had to focus on you know my body movement and how i'm presented and you know all these things rather than just solely focusing on the interview whereas the podcast really allowed the ability to just hone in on that other person and then when we brought john in same thing like he's got a really unique talent first of all amazing radio voice also podcast voice. So that was a talent and a unique talent that he was able to bring into the team. And then shortly after Rhoda and Rhoda is also an amazing, an amazing interviewer. And these kind of talents weren't necessarily going to show or again, they might have, but they weren't necessarily showing that time in other ways. Like there was, for example, Rhoda, there weren't times where she was interviewing people but through the podcast we were able to see wow there's this like whole other side and talent to rhoda and um and then same with the rest of the team slowly as we were bringing people on they all have their unique gifts that either might be really obvious or they might not be obvious to others and then they come on the podcast team and they just blow people away that's so true I mean, what I hear you saying is that every person on our team throughout the years, they've been able to like bring their own unique talent. Everyone. I mean, that's that's from even the social media people that have helped. That's from anybody else who's helped us, whether it's to formulate questions or to find hosts. But like the aura of the Assyrian podcast is if you have something interesting that you want to do that spurs you. I mean, one thing we talk to even anyone who wants to be a part is what's your why? Like you have to have your own why. I'm not going to try to convince you to do this. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And what's cool is when you create that environment of what's your why, what excites you? I think we've seen it too on our team. They find things that excite them, which bring out a unique quality in them to go and do these awesome interviews or meet these people or find them. And um, 
I'm glad that we have this place. This is why I think sometimes, you know, I do miss the Assyrian podcast or I think about it in between seasons. I'm not like, oh my gosh, I have to do this again. I'm like, I'm like, man, I love this. Like, I'm so thankful for it. And I think it's because of that. The idea we created was this should always be sustainable. It should be fun. And so it creates something that's fun. It creates something that's meaningful. Even last year, some of our episodes have been just so beautiful. You know, the infertility episode, I had so many people texting me being like, hey, your podcast made me cry. So I'm like, I didn't, I didn't really have too much to do with that episode. But someone, you know, on that one, it would happen to be Eddie. And she, she stepped in to host on that one. But like, she wanted to do that. She thought it would be fun and it would be a good way of giving back to the community. So I think that's kind of what I'm hearing you say is that from the beginning, you've seen that all of us get to use our own gifts in a way that's not only nourishing to our Assyrian community, but to ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that topic just reminded me like Adi, again, brought in her unique talent. You can tell that she's very genuine and invested in the person that is in front of her that she's interviewing. And she's very thoughtful in her interviews. And she's very thoughtful in her responses and acknowledging and affirming what the other person is saying. And so it's it's amazing to be able to witness each person's talent and strengths on the podcast. So it's been amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we've learned uh, throughout the years. I would say one thing that we have learned is that topic-based titles are definitely more appealing than the name of the guest. For the first uh, four years, we were putting the name of the person as the episode title. And what we realized that was since we were producing on a week-to-week basis, you know, sometimes every person is is catching up. Sometimes it takes a while. And when you're not so familiar with the name, you can skip over it. You might not have an idea of what you can expect in it. So that's something that we sat back on and, and thought about and, and made a change in 2022 was shifting away from the name of the person and more so on a topic so that when you're scrolling through the podcast, you know, you can get an understanding of each episode just by the title itself. Yeah, I mean, Part of our distinctive was how could we celebrate Syrian people and how do we bring stories to life that people may not have heard of? Like that was kind of the original intent. And you know, if you, even if you look back at our first five episodes, you see big names like Linda George, and then you see other people that most people have never heard of, like Jay Mirza. But what you found was there was a lot of people who wanted to hear the Jay Mirza story just as much as Linda George story. Over time, though, when you're seeing sort of lots of names come up on your feed and you're wondering who the people are i think some people started to say hey i'm gonna wait till it's a name i recognize and so this last year has been pretty pretty awesome to be able to say people are interested in stories but they're interested in important challenging or thought-provoking conversations and just to follow up on that, when we first launched the Assyrian podcast, it was an interesting experience to tell someone who's not an Assyrian that you're an Assyrian because they would often like reference what was happening with ISIS. There was a lot of poor me and we're victims. And I remember thinking, what if we create an outlet where we celebrate the awesome things that Assyrian people are doing, but we don't, we don't try to force it. This isn't a big pep rally for Assyrians. It's just let's listen to the stories of Assyrians. Let's let their lives speak for themselves. And it worked. 
and it was great and it was great for a really long time even now you know even this coming year we'll have people's stories that we find that we're just hey the rest of the assyrian world needs to hear this story at the same time we've learned that people people have challenging topics that they don't know how to talk about or they don't feel comfortable talking about and we want to be a place that facilitates those conversations so that's one of the big learnings we've had is we've had to ask ourselves are people still interested in in sort of what we're talking about we're going to talk about that though in our next thing is what what challenges have we faced but just to wrap up this section on what we've learned is uh we've also learned that quality is more important than quantity we did have such a rush to produce a lot of episodes and we did but we've said we've kind of made it a pact amongst our team we're only going to do episodes we really want to do and we're going to lower the amount of episodes we do every year because we only want to do episodes that we're genuinely excited about. So quality over quantity. For sure. So that's meant that we we take breaks towards the latter part of the year slash beginning part. And then during the summertime, we take a couple of months off. It's healthy too, honestly, Steve. I, I've, I've found it really healthy in terms of keeping a, a good balance of being passionate about this and then taking some time to reflect on what the past season was like and how I want to approach my episodes for the upcoming season. So I feel like those breaks are just healthy for us and for the team. Yeah, we're actually away from it long enough to really miss it. And yet it's not like we're taking a whole year off or something. It's it's perfect, you know, and none of the people on the Assyrian podcast are paid. We're doing this kind of as a labor of love because we enjoy it. So it doesn't have to be on our mind 365 days a year. Again, it goes back to that's what makes this whole thing special and fun and also i would say um challenging for our, our community yeah so i guess going into that let's talk about the some of the challenges that we've faced so yeah. i would say one of them is we do get private messages from people or stating their feedback both good and bad and the good is great the bad is sometimes constructive other times not really that helpful and the way that we've been able to process all of that is just understanding that not every episode is going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, I think our our topics vary enough to where and they should be, you know, that's kind of what we are really proud of with our team is just the diverse guests that we have and, and the diverse approach, the di diverse topics that come in on a, on a week to week basis is you might not like this week's episode, that's fine. There'll be an episode for you maybe next week, maybe in two weeks or three weeks, but there'll for sure be an episode for you. It might not be every episode. And so that's something that we've had to, I think, balance in terms of trying to, you know, understand like, hey, wait a second, like, are we, are we doing a good job with this or not? You know, sometimes it's, I think it's human nature to try to concentrate on the negative stuff. But for us, it's it's been a an ability to kind of sit back and, and reflect and talk about it a little bit to understand like, yeah, a part of what we do naturally is like we don't go in any particular direction. So we're going to have varying perspectives and point of views and same with our listeners. So yeah, I mean, we get people who say, oh, well, why'd you interview this person? What's their qualifications? Or of all the entire Assyrian nation, you decided to run an episode on this person or that person or 
why don't you do an episode in full Assyrian so that Assyrians are keeping there? And then you got other Assyrians saying like, hey, I didn't understand that episode. I don't speak that dialect. So it's not like the last five years, everyone has just been celebrating everything we've done. We've gotten heat at different times. I mean, nothing serious, nothing that ever made me feel like, oh, should I, should we still be doing this? But we get enough people who have criticism and it's helpful and it's welcomed at the same time. Sometimes in my mind, I'm like, look, why don't you come and help us? If you, if you really want something to be better, then make it better because it's not like we aren't trying, you know, but at the same time, like that, I don't mean to say that in a way that discourages anyone from providing feedback. It's just that we're also learning, like, it's good. If you don't like one episode, that's fine. We're going to have more episodes and we move on to the next episode. And at the end of the day, we're able to capture a story. We're able to capture an important topic and, and create some sort of conversation about that. And I, I think if we've done that, then we've done our jobs. And that's what we've learned. That's what we've been challenged with is making sure we don't just try to pick one group of people or one set of values or one set of perspectives. We're not the liberal or conservative or progressive or backwards or whatever thing you want to put in there. Like our hosts, you know, no one has ever been rejected from doing an interview. We've never been like, oh, sorry, we won't cover that topic. No, we'll, we'll happily cover that topic. And we, we put a disclaimer saying, hey, every episode doesn't represent every team member's view. So it comes with the territory if you're creating that kind of a platform that you're going to have some people who, who are going to write us off. You know, they're going to write and say, oh, well, they did an episode with this person and that's what that person believes. So they're no longer accepted kind of in our little, our circle. We're done with that. And it's been important for us to learn together and as a team over the last four and a half years that, you know what, sorry, like this is who we are. You know, we're a group who we're wanting to share stories and we're wanting to connect the Assyrian world together and see the uniqueness and the value in our Assyrian people. So we're just going to keep doing it this way and hopefully it works for you. And if it doesn't, that's okay. You know, you can also do an interview possibly if, if you find the right person that you think would, would be a good representative. Well said. I'd say another point in terms of challenge is as we've continued to expand the team, we've had, you know, we have we have hosts from all over the world. And so it can be challenging sometimes to figure out just logistics of team gatherings, challenges with time zones, you know, when we're trying to send out a doodle to figure out when can the team get together. You know, you have people in Australia, then you have people that are like on the West Coast of California and trying to figure out everybody in between can be a challenge sometimes. I think last time that we got together, we had to actually do two different time slots so that it wasn't too inconvenient for any particular person. So obviously we're we're figuring out ways to make it happen, but it the the beauty is that the team has grown and that we get to hear from perspectives of from our hosts and from our guests that are all over the world. So that's the that's the part that keeps this exciting. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a time when we were like, hey, what's going on? We can barely get our team to meet. But then we were like, but wait a second, it's a global team. There are people everywhere <laughs> that are a part of this and it is going to be hard. It's kind of like you need one of those rooms with lots of clocks. And so we finally figured out that maybe we just need to have two separate meetings or three separate meetings for different time zones. But it is interesting, isn't it, that 
it could easily be construed like in a negative way of like, why can't we get everyone together? Well, if you had everyone living on the same continent, then it might be that you might have a case of why can't we get people together? But but we figured it out and that's been good. Our, our next thing on the list is, are we benefiting listeners? Are we making an impact? Have we gotten stale? So one of my favorite things is let's always talk directly about the things we're facing or the things we've thought about or ch been challenged with. We regularly wrestle with, hey, at some point we were scratching an itch. At some point people wanted to hear success stories or they wanted to be inspired. But then at another point, and, and we're able to look at you know, what episodes are being downloaded, how many people are interested, what's getting comments. And at some point, you have to ask those questions of, are we still scratching an itch? Are we still providing value? Are, are we still doing a good thing in the world? And we've regularly talked and looked at that. And that's a hard thing. You know, that's a hard thing because you might get really good at doing things a certain way, only to find out now it doesn't, that no one cares about that, that thing you know how to do really well. I remember there'd be episodes where we would like mentally prepare ourselves and the team to be like, all right, y'all, like this is going to come out tomorrow. Just be prepared for, you know, whatever's to come. We're probably going to get a lot of feedback on this. Stay calm, stay cool, whatever. And then some of them would get traction, but like sometimes they we wouldn't get the type of interaction with it that we were expecting. And so it's not to say we do the episodes for that, but there were sometimes topics where we'd be where we thought like, oh, wow, you know, this isn't something that is talked about often. It is taboo. So because this is the first time that we're kind of opening up this conversation, people might have a lot to say about it. And sometimes we didn't receive that. that that's actually something that I would say is like the challenge is people listen. Our stats tell us that. And at the same time, I would love to see, because I remember when the podcast first came on and I wasn't even a part of the team yet, but I remember I would engage with every single episode or post that was out there because it was just an opportunity to also hear from other people too. Like, hey, what did others think about this? Or like when, when the person, you know, said this and this, like, how did you interpret that? I would love to see more of that. I don't, you know, it's not always there which can be a challenge because we're also like you were saying like are is this a benefit to our listeners i think hearing from he hearing more feedback from our listeners can help us also affirm or maybe challenge hey maybe we need to do things differently or affirm in that like hey yes we we are doing things the right way or the way that we should be we're on a good track and like keep it up kind of thing so yeah i think facilitating conversation and discussion like healthy dialogue in the Assyrian world, it may not be there yet, or it may not be there. I mean, not, and I shouldn't call out Assyrian people, for example, but like healthy dialogue in general is hard. Mm -hmm. So what we, ha what we have learned though, is there's a lot of lurkers, a lot of lurkers. So people I call, I call a lurker, like someone who's keeping tabs on us, possibly listening, sometimes listening because Sometimes you get a flurry of comments and likes and posts and disagreements of people you never even knew were even listening to the Assyrian podcast. So that's that's been an important thing for us is to know that in our community, maybe people don't want to comment publicly or maybe right now our conversations, it's hard to to communicate in a way you feel safe communicating or you feel like 
this is going to be heard the way I want it to be heard. But we know people are listening and that's that's been good. At the same time, we, we're always looking to adapt and adjust and to become what our people, what we ourselves even need to hear. But I think to Odessa, like from the beginning, we've had some pretty fun episodes. We've had some controversial episodes. But we've always seen that the dialogue around those episodes, the discussion about those is low. And that's it's been surprising. And I think that for a while I would wonder, you know, why why aren't people talking about this episode? And I feel like now we have enough time to say, well, they're not talking about them because we don't. We just as a community, it's hard. And maybe we don't we're not seeing each other enough, being in part of the same places. To, to be able to have a hard conversation or maybe people are having them, but you know, two people hang out and say, Hey, well, I listened to this episode. You got to listen to it. I want to talk to you about what that person said. Mm. So we just, we don't see the feedback on our social media the way I think we thought we would. But at this point we know it's not because people aren't listening. It's because maybe they're like, Hey, I'm not going to jump into that fight right now. Yeah, true. So all that to say is that we want to hear from you. <laughs> If you're a listener who's listening to this episode, we want to hear back from you. We encourage even you to start a conversation or engaging on the comment section and inviting people in for conversations. Like we we welcome that. And I think it'll it will be a constant work in progress of trying to find an avenue where we could have healthy dialogues because it it is totally needed. So I'm looking forward to that challenge. It, you know, one thing we tried to do, but I don't know why it didn't take off is in our Assyrian community, like there's a few different podcasts that are out there. People have like started them and it's really, really hard to do a podcast on your own regularly when it's not, you're not paid for it. You have other things going on in your life. And so we've tried to say, hey, if you would like to do any kind of like a four-part mini series, or if you have a podcast show that you want to create that's got some Assyrian relationship, why don't we do that? And why don't we just why don't you let us publish those episodes for you? And I know that some people hear that and they've got sort of like this power dynamic of, oh, the Assyrian podcast, the people there want to like manage lots of different podcasts. No, it's more of just, it's even hard for us as our team, we're putting together content. Well, if somebody else is out there and they're putting, why don't we all put it under like one umbrella? Because then you can get like lots of different stories. So that's something I think it's worth reminding folks about is, hey, maybe you don't want to do an Assyrian podcast episode, but you want to do a four-part series on you know any topic that you think Assyrian people are interested in. Well, don't go start a brand new podcast for that. We can help you with that. For sure. Yeah. Like you think of it as like an Assyrian podcast network, you know, you you can have your own thing going on and and we're, we already have everything set up to make that as successful as it as it can be. We have a great and loyal listener base. We have the team. We have the resources. So, yeah, good reminder. Um, let's talk about memorable moments or memorable interviews for the podcast. And we'll actually get a chance to hear from the team on their own interviews in terms of memorable, in terms of, let's say, settings or experiences or travel that needed to be required in order to conduct an, an episode. So we'll get to hear from our team of their most memorable interview in that way and why. 
Hey, it's Rhoda, and I think my favorite memory and most memorable experience recording an interview for the Assyrian podcast will have to be episode 24 when I interviewed Alice and Liz from Flint. I think at that point I'd been living in Michigan for less than a year, and I drove out to Flint, which is about an hour away from me. I had met Alice the summer before and spoken to her for a couple of minutes. And of course, we had talked on the phone, arranging the meetup and the interview. But I didn't know that Liz was going to be there. I think that Alice invited her because she might have been nervous and didn't know what she was supposed to talk about or what questions I was going to have. So she just wanted a companion. But it turned out to be such a good thing because I got to hear about their shared memories and their friendship, which was so nice. And I think the other reason this will always be my favorite interview is because I feel like it was the epitome of Assyrian hospitality. I got there and there was a whole table filled with all kinds of Assyrian food. There was dolma, kadik, leche, all kinds of different things. And after we had our conversation and we stopped recording, uh, we sat together and drank chai and ate. And I think they even packed some food for me to bring home with me, which is so Assyrian. I will always cherish that memory and I will always think about the ways in which they shared their hopes and dreams and regrets with me. I still see Alice every once in a while when she comes out to Metro Detroit for different Assyrian events and it's so nice to see her every time we run into each other. I think the reason why that episode resonated with me and And I think so many of our listeners has to be the ways in which they described this feeling of belonging to America, but also belonging to this deep, rich Assyrian culture. Um, It's what so many of us feel and struggle with. And I think they were able to talk about it and talk about that struggle from so many years ago and living through that. So I, I think that that's probably why that's one of my favorite interviews and one of my most memorable experiences. Hello, Assyrian podcast family. It's John in Chicago. And uh, the funny story I have is a little bit of behind the scenes of episode 151 with Eleanor Thorne. Uh, She's the owner of Lake Forest Bookstore in Lake Forest, Illinois. And so for context, I never drive anywhere to meet up with a guest because I don't own a car. I take public transit everywhere where I walk in Chicago. So Lake Forest, if you're doing the math, is roughly 25 miles away from where I live in Chicago. So the bookstore is technically right off of a metro stop. Metra, for those of you who don't know, is one of the trains in Illinois that kind of connects the suburbs to the city of Chicago. So what I completely forgot was that the town of Lake Forest is actually serviced by two different metro routes, the Milwaukee North and the uh, Union Pacific North. And the thing about that is they're not exactly close to one another. I was going into this knowing that Lake Forest Bookstore was right by the Lake Forest train station, kind of forgetting the fact that there were two of them there to begin with. And so I take the train from Union Station in Chicago, I hop on the Milwaukee North Line, 
And it takes me to Lake Forest as planned. I get off of the train and I realize that I'm not surrounded by a block of shops as I should be, but rather I am surrounded by houses and just a train platform. So I kind of do some digging, I get on Google Maps, uh, and I realize that I have taken the wrong train line to Lake Forest. Uh, I'm currently about three and a half miles away from where I should be. Instead of being within immediate walking distance to the bookstore, I am actually three and a half miles southwest of where I should be. So that's way too long to walk because I have my MacBook with me, I have my microphone, I have it all in a bag and there's no way I'm going to walk an hour plus, get all sweaty and tired by the time I get to the bookstore. So what do I do? I obviously grab a ride share. It takes me the 10 minutes or so driving to get to the plaza where the bookstore is. Uh, I still have time to kill, so I kind of browse around for a little bit and then I let the staff know that I'm there to see Eleanor. She was obviously wonderful. I had a great time talking to her and meeting her. And so we go into the, the, the stock room, so to speak, in the back, the, the manager's office. And of course, uh, with just my MacBook, with my microphone, all there is, uh, that's all there is. It's all I have. So we make a kind of makeshift desk in between us using stacks of books so that we can record the interview. And the interview goes wonderfully. We wrap up. I buy a couple of the books from the store because I wanted to help support a local business and I love bookstores. It wasn't lost on me that I was interviewing an Assyrian as we are all modern day descendants. The the king who built the world's first library. So it's always cool to see an Assyrian owning a bookstore or even working at a library. So that was awesome. So I wanted to support that. And throughout all of that, I happened to miss the train on the way back. So the next one wasn't for a couple of hours. So what I did was ducked into the nearby Starbucks. Uh, I usually don't go to Starbucks too often, but this was a bigger location with the nice comfy leather chairs and sofas. And I just waited for my train back. So what started as a disaster in terms of logistics uh, ended up into a a wonderful story that I had shared with me in a wonderful, beautiful, lovely little bookstore in Lake Forest, Illinois. And that again was episode 151 with Eleanor Thorne. Shlama everyone, this is Ninorta. My most memorable interview was with Jordan Jonas. Now, if you don't know this name, take a second to Google him or later on, listen to episode number 80 of the Assyrian podcast. Okay, so this was back in 2019 and I was scrolling through Facebook and I stumbled on a post that was being circled around quite a bit. Now, it showed a picture of the relief of the lion hunt of Ashurbanipal. You know, the one of the lion that's charging at Ashurbanipal and he's holding it from its neck. And then the next picture on the post was of a man carrying moose antlers on his shoulders. So I continued reading and I found out that the post was about Jordan Jonas, who was the winner of the show alone, which was on the History Channel. Jordan was crediting his survival of 77 days in the Arctic, battling wolverines and such to his ancient Assyrian ancestry and his family's survival during the Assyrian genocide. At that moment, I started to put my detective instincts into work and I knew that I had to get Jordan on the Assyrian podcast. Now this was way before we had the option of doing virtual episodes and I learned that Jordan was living in Lynchburg, Virginia. Luckily enough, I actually was working in Washington DC for those past few months and I figured, okay, Lynchburg is a four hour drive from DC. 
totally doable. Let's do this. So I messaged Jordan on Instagram and he immediately agreed to do the interview and he selected September 20th, 2019 as the date because he had some other engagements and I had something that day. On that day, I had to I had a 6 p.m. flight to catch to go back to Phoenix and I couldn't change the flight because I had a wedding going on and just a lot of things. And I did not want to let this opportunity slide. So I confirmed the date and the time with Jordan and I told him that I would come to him. I woke up at 4 a.m. I took an Uber from my hotel to the airport, rented a car, drove four hours to Lynchburg, went to his house, did the interview, which was completely amazing, finished the interview, drove four hours back to DC, returned the rental car, and got on my flight to Phoenix. Now, I will always remember this interview, not only because of the journey that led me to conducting it, but because of the wonderful conversation that was had with Jordan and his story of survival. And I wouldn't have been able to experience this if it weren't for the Assyrian podcast. Shalom alochan everyone, how's it going? It's Peter Ibrahim, and I'm so glad to be sharing a little message to you all. One of my most memorable interviews in terms of setting, experience, and travel would definitely be back in July of 2020. So take yourself back to 2020, a couple months into the pandemic, and I, as an avid traveler, was having some sort of cabin fever. And typically, I like to spend a couple days to a week or so during the summer in Chicago. You know, I have a lot of close friends in Chicago. They know who they are. And they're they're not only friends, I consider them family, honestly. So in May 2020, I booked a flight via Alaska Airlines. I flew out to Chicago for five beautiful days. On July 4th, I interviewed Adnan Rashu who struggled for 25 years with a crack cocaine addiction and was delivered by the confines of this addiction by the the grace and salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so on July 4th, I was able to interview Adnan and share his story and testimony. But I would say that it was just a beautiful day, July 4th, 2020. You know, after the interview uh, was over, Adnan and I played a a very beautiful piece, him on flute and me on vocals, and we sang Dashtit uh, Ninwe. We covered Ashur Bitsergis's lovely song. And then afterwards, we proceeded to my friends, my dear friends, Isaac and Ramsino were hosting a July 4th barbecue and party, which we still talk about to this day. And I love them dearly. So, yeah. I, I'm i really happy for what the next five years have in store for the Assyrian podcast. And we all give as much as we can for the betterment and success of this podcast. And I thank you for listening. Have a good one. Hi, everyone. This is Miriam. And I would have to say that my most memorable interview was the one I did with a few Gishu participants who had returned to the homeland. It's episode 167 a journey back to the Assyrian homeland. And I had just spent about maybe 10 days traveling in the homeland with with this particular group. And it was their last day in Erbil. They were flying out that same night or the next morning. And we had talked about doing this interview, but we finally found time during the busy schedule of the trip to like get together in the hotel room 
there were six or seven of us crammed around uh, the microphone that was on the like night table in the middle of everybody and uh, you know with the electricity outages and the AC going on and off we were so worried about like people moving on the beds making squeaky noises it was quite the setting for this wonderful exchange of ideas and emotions and for me it brought back a lot of the memories and feelings that I had when I came back on my first journey back home to the Assyrian homeland and I think it inspired a lot of listeners perhaps to actually come back to the homeland or visit it for the first time and if you haven't checked it out you should have a listen. I would say mine is uh, episode 65, which just saying 65 is just crazy because we're at, what, 183 episodes. But episode 65 was with Dr. Georges, who was the son of Marissa Daniels. The reason why that episode will always stick out to me as an immediate memorable interview is that he, he lives in Chicago. And so I was planning on flying from Toronto to San Francisco. And I usually do direct. But then I had a chance to get a hold of him. And he was open to the interview. He lives in Chicago. So I had to figure out, okay, like I need to do there wasn't even a layover that was going to be long enough in Chicago. So I basically had to book a flight to Chicago and then from Chicago to San Francisco, I had to rent a car to get to him because he wasn't in Chicago proper. He was out in the suburbs. So it was this whole kind of ordeal just to make it happen. But when I was there, it just felt so, he was just so welcoming and he opened his door and, and opened his home to essentially a stranger, but it felt like we knew each other forever. And I was just so appreciative of that and his time. And so that will always be such a memorable moment for me. How about you, Steve? Uh, I love that story of going the scenic route and finding him and like knowing you're there with a microphone in this project. And it's like finding yourself in a new place. There's some, There has been many magical moments for me throughout the years where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've got my microphone gear and I'm sitting down with like Benil Dariush and you know having this awesome conversation or Wilfred or Patrick Bet David, but uh, the one that for me was I always kind of still feels magical to even think about is I was at the Assyrian Policy Conference, I believe it was 2018, and Simo Parpola was there. And Simo Parpola is a world-renowned Assyriologist. And I remember in my graduate program, I would see books by Simo Parpola. And then I got to meet him in person. And it was just this really odd thing where when I met him, he treated me as if he'd known me for a long time. And I had no idea why. But he was there as uh, being honored as I think it was the Assyrian of the Year or something, or he was giving the Assyrian uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. And I was just like, hey, I'd love to interview for the Assyrian, you for the Assyrian podcast. He didn't flinch. He's like, sure. I was like, okay, well, where, where could we do it? And we didn't have a good place to do it because he had such a busy schedule. And so we went out behind where the conference was happening and we built four walls out of like these stands that were there. And so you can hear the dishwasher going in the background and the, all the people that were setting up the food, you could hear it. And it was crazy because I remember being like, we have to we have to move walls. 
to get this interview done. But and it just felt so good. And even now, you know, we interviewed the Assyrian podcast interviewed Simo Parpola. We have a it's a high quality, good conversation. This is a guy who dedicated so much of his life. He's not even Assyrian ethnically, and yet he's given so much. So that's a memory I always think back to sort of the magic of the Assyrian podcast. For sure. And, and for the listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, that's going all the way back to episode 25. Highly recommend listening to that one. Let's give you all some behind the scenes of how we actually run the podcast, the things that the listeners don't see. In terms of the leadership, Odessa and I have lots of conversations around who we are, what we're doing, where we're going with the podcast. But really, we meet with the team and we have a signal group chat and everyone shares their opinions, their thoughts, their perspectives. Um, we work together. We listen to one another. So it's a lot of fun. It's 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 not. It, we do talk about different episodes that are coming out. We crowdsource questions together. We have Google Docs. Logistically, we have got a pretty tight ship, which I feel like has been one of the reasons why we've been successful is uh, every week or whenever we do an episode, people know here's where I upload my audio. Here's where I put my social media stuff. Um, we use Google Drive, Dropbox, and we splice it all together. So it's not labor intensive. We're not sending a bunch of emails back and forth. We've really organized and structured the podcast so you can focus on a good interview and have fun with that interview. So that's a little bit about the behind the scenes work that happens. The logistics of it is it's pretty awesome. And and the, the group is really good about getting everything in on time and get, gives us the ability to put out consistent episodes whenever they come out. So like you should be noticing by now that the audio levels, one episode isn't going to be louder than another episode. Those are things that we've intentionally done to to make the podcast an enjoyable experience. So even though there, there's sometimes there's audio discrepancies, but we try really hard to to prevent those and mitigate those as much as possible. But I'd say something else in terms of the team and how the team operates is that I, Steve alluded to this earlier was we really give everybody free reign on who they want to approach and the focus that they want to approach. That's important. And, you know, like I said earlier, the the podcast doesn't go in any particular direction. And so we welcome different avenues and different perspectives, point of views. It's also asking the team what they can commit to on a yearly basis. So like for this year, you know, we sent something out to the team asking like, can you commit to one episode, two episodes, three episodes? Because we want to make sure that you are doing something that you can put 100% behind and that it's then that is realistic for you you know and and then there's the ability for them to indicate a good time slot for them throughout the year of when they'd like to actually produce that episode so there's a lot of like free reign in that in terms of what you want to do when you want to do it we trust the team and that's i think what has made the podcast episodes on a week to week basis just as awesome as they they've been and just kind of from a logistical perspective on a week-to-week basis, like Steve was saying, the person who is responsible for the episode for that week, they are bringing in their episode. They're bringing in a hook recording. They're bringing in their intro, their outro. They are you know, working with our social media person, Stephanie, to make sure that the visuals that they have can really make the episode come to life. So sometimes they already have photos in there ready to go. Sometimes they work with Stephanie in terms of they they run ideas by her and she's able to come up with something. And then in addition to that, Steve is working on splicing and, and putting it together. And 
there's a lot of little steps that happen, but on a week to week basis, like we, we make it work. It just doing this for five years now has made it a very kind of streamlined experience, I would say. Right, Steve? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it manages itself very, very well, except at times we go in and have to make small changes, but overall it manages itself. And that, that was our goal. And it's, we've, I think we've executed on that. For sure. I think the last thing that we'd want to do is close this out of thinking about the goals for the future, things that we'd like to see. Steve, what's a goal that comes to mind for you? We've never been stagnant. We're always looking at ways of approaching episodes differently. And I think the biggest goal continues to be, you know, what what do Assyrian people need and want? How do we create conversation that's going to impact people's lives, that's going to change the way they see themselves and what they're doing in the world. We can't let go of asking hard questions. We can't let go of avoiding. I mean, we may look stupid even because we have episodes that people message us about and say, oh, what what was that? But hey, it's something that people think about is why we did that. So we need to keep wrestling with what does it mean to be an Assyrian in 2023? How do we facilitate a conversation to help people uh, who are Assyrian and or are part of our Assyrian community, either through marriage or whatnot? I think that that's the area of struggle is being an Assyrian in 2023 can be a confusing thing in and of itself. How much of me is an Assyrian? How much is an American? What's going to happen with the Assyrian homeland? How do we view ourselves in this world that we're in? The world itself is rapidly changing. We have this language. We have our culture, our history, our customs. But times are changing fast. And there are all kinds of arguments and conversations being levied about what is identity and and culture and race and traditions. So the goals for the Assyrian podcast is we need to keep kind of creating conversations around that. Don't don't run from those topics. I feel like there are a lot of questions that Assyrians have that they don't want to ask or they're afraid to ask. Or once they hear the questions, they're like, yep, I actually have thought about that a lot, but I've never put words into it. So we need to figure that out. We need to figure out what are those questions? Because our platform is a platform that's supposed to serve people. It's not a platform about myself or you or our hosts. It's about the person we're interviewing and it's about addressing the the world that we live in. We're, we're not here to just celebrate the past and who we were. Someone has to answer the question of what does it mean to be an Assyrian in 2023? What does it mean to live in the different area of the world and no longer be as connected to Assyrians? How important is our language for preservation? Somebody needs to be dealing with these questions. And I don't know if in our Assyrian world, there are enough people who are intelligently, thought-provokingly, kindly, graciously wrestling with this. And I don't see it happening collectively either. So when I think of our goals and who we are, I mean, I really hold us to the highest standard. I don't want to hear an episode where someone's just talking about how proud they are to be an Assyrian. I need someone to talk about why they're proud to be an Assyrian. I need someone to help me understand what makes our culture so beautiful or not necessarily make me under, help me understand, but help me experience that. So that's to me what our, our next frontier for the Assyrian podcast is that we establish ourselves as the the outlet 
within our community that's willing to have challenging conversations. We we had good reviews on the Assyrian atheist conversation, the marrying into the Assyrian culture conversation, and we interviewed people who have really amazing stories. So for 2023 and beyond, it's continuing to find those gems and letting them speak to not only our listeners, but to us, to ourselves. Like I, I should never produce an episode that I don't want to hear. So let's, let's keep doing that kind of work. For sure. Totally agree with all of that. Uh, and I would add the other thing in terms of a goal for the future is that I'd love to see our team have even more people and represent areas that we don't already have a host in. We're again, really thankful that we have hosts from almost all over the world, North America, at least Europe, the Middle East and Australia. We'd love to continue expanding that out and welcoming people who have an interest in this, who have people that they are passionate or curious uh, in terms of reaching out to and wanting to tackle some really important topics like that we, that Assyrians aren't, aren't talking about enough. So. And I think we need pop-up episodes, you know, maybe one person only does one episode of the Assyrian podcast ever. And that's okay. If, if we could do more pop-up episodes, I think that would be a lot of fun. And then it'd be really nice if people had a specific focus that they wanted to lock in on parenting as an Assyrian even like someone who did a four-part series on Assyrian dance and how it's evolved throughout the years. And they interviewed lots of different people. There's just so much good stuff that we hear specifically at our Assyrian podcast because of the audio component of it and because of the, the reach that we have. You know, there's, there's too much talent in our Assyrian community that we aren't uh, creating an environment where more people can just bring those awesome stories. So that, that would be nice for 2023 and beyond. I also want to ask whoever's listening to this episode, take a minute to write a review or like us or whatever, because it just really helps us to hear from our listeners what they're experiencing with the Assyrian podcast. I want to thank all the people who have worked on the Assyrian podcast behind the scenes. I think of Stephen Lelham and Tanya and Stephanie. They've done so much of our social media for us. And then also we want to thank our sponsors over the last couple of years, Tony Galagrakos and then also John O'Shauna. You know, they've helped us over the last five years become become who we are today. So with that, that is a wrap in terms of thinking about and reflecting on the last five years. We are excited. We are energized and look forward to bringing you some really great and original content for 2023. I love it. I love the way you said that, Odessa. Some great original content. It is. It's all original we're not able to just type into chat GPT, hey, can you produce an episode of the Assyrian podcast for me? We actually go out, it's real human beings talking to other human beings. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you all for being the amazing listeners that you are. And we'll see you later. Thank you all for being a part of this awesome community and this awesome project. We look forward to learning together and growing together for the coming years ahead. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Assyrian Podcast. My name's Stephanie and I do all the behind the scenes work for the social media. 
You might remember me from episode 167, A Journey Back to the Assyrian Homeland. We're so thankful that you tuned into this five-year anniversary episode and we look forward to many more years of the Assyrian podcast.